0: You're listening to the best breakfast show in the land. On the line right now, I've got Dr. McKay. Dr. Marlon um, McKay is uh, a healthcare practitioner. He specializes as a general practitioner. And he'll be talking about the chemical castration that has been Put to the table by the ANC Women's League uh, in terms of social transformation, the subcommittee during the commission at the conference this past weekend. The idea was rejected at the ANC's last policy conference in 2017. Now, the National Executive Committee member, Ulma Sisulu Sisulu chaired the commission and told a media briefing on Saturday night that the proposal had been revived by female delegates, partially as a response to the series of horrific attacks attacks on women over the days leading to the conference. I mean, what a way to start uh, Women's Month. We're starting Women's Month on the lowest of notes. And on the line, Dr. Marlon McKay. Good morning, Doc. Thank you for joining us.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Doc, let's start from scratch, right? What exactly is chemical castration in simple terms?
1: So in simple terms, well, you can actually start with the word castration. Castration would mean any process, procedure by which you would stop the production of the male sex hormone, which is primarily testosterone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you can do this either surgically or medically or chemically. So surgically would be be an operation where you actually remove the testicles, testes, an operation called the um, orchiectomy, and therefore you have no more testosterone. In this case, we are talking about medical or chemical castration, whereby we use drugs, medications, either injections or pills to stop the production of testosterone. And as you know, testosterone is a male sex hormone. So by using chemicals to stop the production of these hormones, you then inhibit any sexual desire. Yeah, it, it leads. It basically leads to impotence.
0: So, I mean, with the reduction of testosterone in the body, doc, a lot of other things come up. You know, like the increase of estrogen. Then you find that the man then starts to grow female kind of uh, habits or uh, hormones. Is that the result of chemical castration?
1: So so it can it, it can lead to things like heart flushes, yes, but also what we, what we see physically is more uh, breast development. Yes breast tenderness, uh, growth of breast tissue, you know what we call gynecomastia. Um But there are more more you know, more, more serious ones like um, osteoporosis, it can lead to weight gain, impaired glucose uh, tolerance, which can lead to type 2 diabetes, mood is the mood changes, of course infertility, um, loss of mass um, or what you call muscle mass. So there are, are quite unique changes that do take place as a result of it.
0: And what is the guarantee of its permanence?
1: So that's that's the whole thing. This is remember, it's, it's surgery would be once-off and permanent. With chemical castration, the moment you stop the treatment, the condition or the you go back to your original state of having testosterone. So this is a chronic, lifelong treatment. So it has to be given every day for the rest of your life, or injections once a month. For the rest of your life, in order for the the, the testosterone to stop being produced,
0: mm. and and do you see it practically being a way to stop people from uh, its men from raping women in South Africa? Is that a practical way of us addressing this matter?
1: Yeah, so so you know this is this this is deep. Um, I think medical, legal, uh, ethical in, in implications. Um, look, if you look at it from a biblical point of view, we had eunuchs in the Bible, and these were men that were uh, employed to look after the ladies in the palace and, and things like that, so that there wouldn't be um, any of these things happening. Um, so, so it does have those sort of implications. You know, whether we as doctors or whoever's going to administer would have peace of mind uh, to do it. Um, obviously, in, in medicine, we use it more for for things like prostate cancer, um, but it's definitely been well. Documented well, um, it's it's throughout the world or in many places in the world. It is a, a one of the mat- one of the ways that we do deal with uh, sexual violence and and um, in order to reduce this as a way as a means of punishment and reducing the impact of sexual violence against. Women.
0: Sure, and and what are the ethical concerns? Just to wrap
1: it up. Well, uh, um, you know, you know, we we've always thought you must always do good and do no harm, and and. Um, and obviously, this is not to save to save someone. That you ask yourself, who is the patient? Who is who? Who are we harming, and who are, for whom are we doing good? Um, um, because of the harm, that, the medical harm that it can cause to the particular individual, as I mentioned, type two diabetes, uh, increase in blood pressure, increased risk of stroke and heart attacks, osteoporosis. We spoke about the the mood changes, thinking, memory. Mm-hmm. So, so all these things have to be weighed up when one considers, uh, um, considers advocating a means of uh, – using this as a means of punishment. With medication, with medical conditions, it's always the benefits versus the risks, and do the benefits outweigh the risks? And in this case, as a, as a, as a medical – I'm just talking purely as a medical practitioner. Um, you know, these are things that we would – the medical profession would always have to have to consider the ethical concerns about overtreatment and versus versus punishment.
0: Thank you so much, Doc. Really do appreciate you shedding some light on that. That's Dr. McKay, and he's a healthcare practitioner specializing as a GP. Talking about chemical castration, a very new thing to me, Lunaba, I've never really thought about it or even heard about it.
1: Hashtag The Takeoff. At Radio 2000 ZA. On all social media platforms, be part of an award-winning team.